Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your hands. Let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. Today, we have a very special guest with us, Dr. Janine Perlini. And we're talking today with Janine about transformational servant leadership. Dr. Perlini, how are you today? I am doing great, Jim. Thank you for having me on the show. Oh, that's great. Can, is it okay if I call you Janine? Because I'm not sure I can get the Perlini out without screwing it up somehow during the show. I prefer Janine over Doctor or Paralini any day. Yeah, but you know, you worked really hard to get that DR in front of your name, and you deserve a lot of credit because there's no way, and Lord, yes, I know if you want me to do it, I'll do it, but there's no way I want to go back to school and get a doctorate, not even a master's degree. But anyway, I, I applaud you for doing it, and it inspired you to write your book. It's We're going to talk about your book, Transformational Servant Leadership, today, but I, I really want to just talk about how this even happened. My wife, Martha, runs the Christian Bookstore which sponsors my show every week, Kara's Christian Books and Gifts. And she was at a book show in Nashville, I believe, in September, and came home with this book. She goes, I grabbed this book. I think that you should read it. And so, I, I you know, it was one of those books. I'm like, okay, well, the cover doesn't scream read me, but I love the topic. And so I started reading it, and I just couldn't put it down. It was so inspirational because it is what this show is all about. So thank you for writing this book. Oh, thank you, Jim. And I thank God for it, too. 
Yeah, it, it's a cool work, and we're going to talk about it. You know, I, the, I wanted to start off with just reading a little excerpt from page 78 of your book. And yes, I didn't prep you for this. Sorry. All right. It says, transformational <laughs> servant leaders are intentional about observing how their leadership impacts others, and they make adjustments accordingly. However, they do this with the motive of serving God and others, and not with the sole purpose of pleasing people. I mean, that... That's transformational. Just that statement. I mean, where did, why did, where did you come up with writing this book in the first place? Why did you write the book? Why did I write the book? Well, first I wrote a dissertation. I felt a real tension between understanding the difference between the two styles of transformational versus servant leadership. And so I wrote the dissertation to distinguish between the two styles. And then God put on my heart that really these two styles are needed on teams and needed in organizations. So that's when he gave me the vision for writing the book about the transformational servant leader, the person who is considering both of those aspects of leadership. Well, and it, it's fantastic. Okay, a little bit more of our story. So Martha brings this book home. I read this book and I reach out to you. And then it turns out you're from the frozen tundra where I'm from. I love that. You're from Egan, Minnesota, which I grew up in Burnsville, Minnesota. And, and I love that, that God you know, just put the his tapestry together and started weaving that tapestry across the nation. And you've, you've not lived there all your life, though. Where did, you've lived in Minnesota, but where else have you lived? Well, I'm originally born and raised in Chicago. Oh, I'm I was sorry there for to hear that. Years. Oh, so well, hey, I'm a Chicago Bears fan. I hate to tell all of you that, but it's true. Well, it's better than being a Vikings fan. I've had to go to counseling for 15 years because of the Vikings, so that's okay. You, yes, I understand. <laughs> At least we're not Packers fans, Jen. No, I couldn't be a cheesehead to save my life. I couldn't do it. Couldn't couldn't do it. But I'm a Twins fan. All right, so what was really cool, audience out there, is that after I read this book, I, I, I spent an hour or two talking to Jean after reading the book. I connected her with my sister who runs Crown, or who's the CFO of Crown College out there in St. Bonifacius, Minnesota. And you guys have had a chance to meet. So she's met you face-to-face, but I'm bringing you in over the phone today because of your, of your book and how awesome it is. How was your lunch with my sister? Our lunch was excellent. We really connected, and she is delightful. Yes, I am lucky to have my sister. So, Sue, if you're out there listening today, I just want to tell you, I love you, and you're the favorite sister I've ever had. All right, so, Janine, before we get started with going into the book, is there anybody out there you want to say hi to today? Well, I, I would love to say hi to God. I'm glad he's here with us and your team because we need them, too. I'd love to say hi to Larry, Jean, and Sally, and my immediate family, my Bethel University family, and my church family. Awesome. And our listeners. Hello to our listeners. (laughs) Awesome. Now, what church are you going to up there in Minneapolis? I go to Westwood Community Church in Excelsior, Minnesota. What? So you're living in Egan, going to Excelsior. That's a drive on a no, snow. No, Jim, I'm actually living in Chanhassen. Oh, you, oh, you, oh okay, well, that's, okay. Well, there you go. Okay, well, you're moving west. Well, that at least makes Excelsior a little bit easier. Okay. Janine, before we get started on the book, tell, me how, tell the audience how Christ impacted your life. Well, in, um, in my 20s, probably like most 20-year-olds, I really thought I could conquer the world. And it wasn't until my late 20s. I was successful in business, but things were not going well in my personal life. And so I began to realize that the world was probably conquering me more than I was conquering it. And so in my late 20s, the Holy Spirit began to speak to me. I was going through a very difficult time in life. And the Holy Spirit began to say to me that, you know, I was hurt and I was angry and I needed to go to church. And I was wondering if I was sane or if I was actually having a mental breakdown, because I didn't understand this voice that was speaking to me. 
But you know what? God encouraged me to listen to that voice, and I did. I started going to church. I went to church on Easter Sunday of 1990, and I was so impacted by the music and the message and the people that I just cried the entire service. And at that time, I opened my heart up completely to God. Hmm, that's awesome. That's awesome. So 23, going on 24 years ago, that's fantastic. That is fantastic. Yeah. Okay, so you, you know, but when you're in your 20s, you were spending quite a bit of time in the business world. Now, you've since gone off it and have worked in many churches, but talk about your, your business experience. Well, I, I started out um, as uh, an account assistant for two account executives, and over about a year of that, um, I really had an inkling that I wanted to do their job. <laughs> and so uh, they began to train me for that. So I went into strategic consulting and sales. I was actually working for a company that developed and, and uh, manufactured print technology. So I worked with clients like Crate and Barrel and Granger on helping them transition to new print technology in their picking, packing, and shipping systems. It gave me an opportunity to work across uh, broad areas of a company and to design documents and to work with a lot of different people, and then I would actually manufacture the form or label for them. So that's what I did for about 12 years and was quite successful. Um, the other part of our business was direct mail, and I worked with companies like AAA Chicago Motor Club on direct mail advertising. I loved it. I did it for 12 years. Now, when you were out there in business, did you ever have any experiences with people who called themselves Christians that weren't necessarily pleasant to do business with? You know, at that time, I, you know, the first half of my career, I was not a believer. And most, <laughs> I hate to say this, but most of my perspective were, was that Christians were rather odd. <laughs> <laughs> well, I fit that category, that's for sure. <laughs> I probably do, too, now, Jim. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, listen, we're here to talk about your book, Transformational Servant Leadership. And you said that, you know, your dissertation, you started writing the dissertation, and you started, uh, you know, that was what prompted you to start the book. And then you and then you took it and put it in a book format, which has got fantastic questions and uh, lots of discussion stuff and some great spots Thank for you. journaling and answering questions like that. All right, cool. Well, here's the question for you. For all of us Tampa Bay listeners, we just want to know, how cold is it up there in the frozen? in tundra today it is a beautiful warm 30 something degrees here in minnesota so it's like shorts weather then it really is because because you had almost a month of below zero weather didn't you we had way below zero weather for a while there. It really impacted my skiing. I was so jealous. I missed the snow. I missed snowmobiling, skating, playing hockey, skiing. I miss it all. I was so jealous. I didn't. I haven't gotten to hear squeaky snow in several years. I, I, I'm. I'm just. I'm sad that it's you because I'm tired of being hot. It was ridiculously hot today. Almost 75 degrees today. Unbelievable. Now we are going to have a chance of rain. It's going to cool down to upper 60s. Kind of cold for this time of year, but you know, we'll have to live with it. I just want to rub that in a little bit. Okay. All right, so uh, you were here to talk about your book, Transformational Servant Leadership, and it's an outstanding book. What What is Transformational Servant Leadership? Transformational Servant Leadership is the, is a, the leader's ability to lead with both vision and care. So in other words, transformational leaders at their very core are moral, collaborative, visionary leaders. So they have a moral base to their leadership. They're collaborative about it. And they're, they're, you know, they're looking at vision and what the vision is of the group or the organization. 
Servicers, on the other hand, they really care about individuals, and they come alongside of individuals and want to nurture them and serve them and guide them and help them find their individual contribution. So when you put together both transformational and servant leadership in one leadership style, you're looking at a leader that is collaborative and moral and visionary, but who also really cares and brings individuals alongside with that leader. Well, what's really cool is that this doesn't just have to be the business owner. This could be a manager of a, 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 a CFO level business person, a, a, a vice president, maybe a manager, could be a supervisor. Servant leadership applies to every level of the organization, doesn't it? It, it really does. I mean, it can even be a peer or a, a someone who's leaving a team of peers. That leader can also be a transformational servant leadership leader, and it will be very important to the organization. Now, you, you describe in your book that there's a, des, a desperate need for leaders who are willing to become the best leader to which they can aspire. You know, wh- why do we have such a desperate need? Oh, we, we in America, and even throughout the globe, we've really been let down by our leaders. Um, I'd like our, our listeners to consider watching the documentary Inside Job, which is a reflection of the financial collapse in our country and how it affected the globe. So really, when we look at what caused the collapse of our country financially and economically, it's because of immoral leaders in our financial institutions. And so we've really been hurt. Wait a minute, wait, I'm going to stop you right there. I'm going to stop right there. It wasn't just immoral leaders in our financial institutions. It was immoral leaders in government. It was immoral leadership in the White House for multiple years. It was, I mean, it was immoral leadership at almost every step of the economy. I mean, there was people, I mean, in Florida, it was the appraisers that were, that were documenting their deals that were putting, that were changing the deals. It was the mortgage brokers. It was the real estate agents. It was the, the lenders. It was the people writing the laws that compromised and made banks, you know, instead of underwriting, just go ahead and let them, you know, give loans to people who didn't have a qualifying score, give loans to people who didn't have uh, even an income that they could verify, give loans to people at 100% and have a negative answer. I mean, it was at every level of our country. It wasn't just in the banking institutions. It was from the top down. Sorry. Yes. So leadership, yes. I mean, leadership that is not done well and it's, and it's immoral, it has a way of spreading. And I, I think that is what you are passionately expressing. And so, you know, the American people have been hurt by this. And when that happens, then there's a lack of trust. So we... We have a severe lack of trust in leadership that we are dealing with in our country. And I wrote the introduction of my work on behalf of that, really on behalf of the hearts of the American people, where we really need leaders that we can trust and that will work with us and guide us and rebuild back our trust through these desperate times. Well, and I think there's hope for that in the business world, but I'm not sure that there's hope for that in the government world. I mean, it just seems, you know, I have studied it. I always wanted to be a senator. I always thought when my kids graduate from high school, <laughs> went off to college, I wanted to be a senator. And you'll remember the great uh, uh, former senator and now deceased Paul Wellstone from Northfield, Minnesota. Paul Wellstone uh, was uh, was one of those guys that ran for Senate, and he was one of those guys that said, I'm going in for six years and I'm out. And even though I didn't agree with his politics. I really believed he was going to do it. He was going to go in. He was going to get out. And uh, even him, he got corrupted and then ran for a second term. Then he died in a plane mm-hmm. wreck. But I, I just, I've never seen anybody go to Washington 
and and remain a quality transformational servant leader. I, I nobody. I, I just they all get sucked in, and, and it's we desperately need leaders from business who are willing to put it all on the line, and and go into government work. You know to try to help. Boy, it's it's rough. Yes, you, you're describing a very cor- a corrupt political system, and any leader coming in, even who has goodness, can be p- become part of that system. At the same time, our hope is in God, and so we have to have hope that it is even possible for our political systems to change. Beautiful transition. That's right. Anybody. Everybody needs Jesus, and anybody can change. There's hope for everybody. Since half the New Testament was written by a murderer, uh, that's that's fantastic. I mean, you are absolutely right on the money. There is hope for everybody in Jesus. That's right. From the White House right on down to the local commissioners and mayors, there's hope for everybody. There's hope for those small business owners. I mean, Jesus Christ can change anybody's life, and, and that's powerful. Okay, so what kind of leadership do you typically observe in businesses? Well, I deserve, I, I, I observe a variety of leadership. Um, I'm thinking about four organizations in terms of business organizations that, that I would be working with at this time. And in, in one, I see more, it's a, it's a very large organization. I see quite a bit of, you know, more autocratic leadership, more command control type of leadership there. I do see some attempts for team-based leadership in that organization throughout some of the ranks, but more the the lower-level areas. In another organization, I do see transformational servant leadership at work in that organization. I see it's a smaller organization. I see very committed employees because of that leadership style. In another organization I work with, I really see a desire for team-based leadership. But then at times I see the leader at the helm really take more of an uh, of an authoritarian style. And then in another organization, I see a little bit of more what they call laissez-faire leadership, where the key leader really isn't leading in the way that that individual needs to lead. Hmm. Well, and, and now you wrote this book. I mean, really, the, the, who was the greatest transformational servant leader ever to touch a feet on the planet Earth? Well, I, I believe that is Jesus, and I believe I described Jesus in that book as the ultimate model and role model for transformational servant leadership. Well, and there you go. There's there's the Son of God comes down to earth, gives up all of his power, and, and takes on a human form which has extraordinary limitations and several defects. And he goes on with 12 guys, 11 of which remain, because of the way he treated his employees, those disciples, because of how he invested in their lives, those disciples, because of how he taught them and treated them and loved on them, even when they were imperfect, those 11 guys changed the world that we live in today. Yes, they did. And they still are, aren't they? Yeah, you've got a city right there in Minneapolis, St. Paul. Oh, St. Paul, named after the murderer that wrote half the New Testament because his life was transformed because of Jesus Christ. That's pretty incredible, I think. God is always doing miracles in us today. (laughs) Yes, he is. All right, so as a result of the 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 different styles of leadership within an organization how what effects do those different styles actually let's just focus on what effect does transformational servant leadership have on the employees that report to those people who are transformational leaders well when i i've seen a couple models more directly of transformation maybe a few models of transformational servant leadership one who is balanced in that happening very re- readily and regularly and i i've noticed that 
people that work for that type of leader really love that leader and are really committed to that leader. And I, I find those employees to be empowered and challenged and enjoying their role and motivated and trying new things. Um, and they, they don't want to let that leader go. Uh, I have one of those leaders who's potentially getting ready to retire, and I know that's a tough transition for that organization because that leader is a well-balanced, transformational servant leader and is really loved by the employees and loved in the organization. Employees are there longer term because of that type of culture and environment they've created, and they're feeling empowered and like they can contribute and that they really enjoy their jobs. So that's what I see in those types of environments. Isn't it true, though, if you have a transformational servant leader, they should have been discipling people all along with them in order to have somebody naturally move into their place? Yes, and sometimes it really works that way, and it's ultimately great when it does. At times when you're kind of working in a smaller or mid-sized organization, sometimes you can't quite tap into that kind of talent, and sometimes you do have to go outside. It just really depends on what God is doing in that organization and where he wants to take it. All right, we were talking off the air uh, over the bottom of the half hour about examples, and I was afraid to ask you this question uh, live on the air because I wasn't sure I had answer. But can you give me a live example today of somebody that's living today that is known by lots of people that's a transformational servant leader. And and what I said to you when we were off the air is that I'm having a difficult time with somebody who's live right now that we would all know. And I use the example of Nelson Mandela, and he just passed away recently, unfortunately. And I, I really like that example because there's a new movie out about him called Mandela that I think listeners can go out and watch and view and 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 check out his visionary and caring leadership as a transformational servant leader. Um, but again, he, he just passed away. I have leaders within my immediate context I can think of, but not all our listeners would know of them. And I think I would challenge our listeners to consider if they know of transformational servant leaders within their context or even across the globe or across the United States. Because I these leaders are harder to find, and I do think that they're a little bit more quiet leaders. They're, they're in our churches, they're in our ministries, they're in our organizations, but they might be those kinds of leaders in our, that aren't looking for all the press that many of our public leaders today are looking for. Yeah, I would say, you know, Stanley Tam was one of those guys where uh, he started the workplace ministry mm-hmm. movement. He gave, you know, he sold his business, gave his business to the Lord 100% on paper. I think he kept 1%, 99% to the Lord uh, on paper and started this movement. And I believe he's still alive today. Uh, and I have known friends who, who knew him and he was one of those guys, those transformational servant leaders. But boy, it's tough. It's tough to identify those people today. What, what are some of the, what are the, some of the features, the key features of a trans? transformational servant leader? Well, I think that what happens, and we see this in the life of of, um, Nelson Mandela, is that that leader is passionate, and on behalf of Nelson Mandela, his his passion was was rather loud and open, but some of us have passion as transformational servant leaders that are that are quieter. So I think it's okay as a transformational servant leader to have more of a quiet passion, but still have that passion. That, that passion is what leads to vision. But yet it's important that that passion is established through humility. And humility happens through failure. It happens through tough circumstances in life. 
And as we look at the life of Nelson Mandela, we see him in prison for a lot of years. And that process of being in prison establishes more of his humility, his depth, his understanding of forgiveness. And we see some incredible leadership qualities burst in him through the process of imprisonment. Yeah, and really, truly a transformational servant leader, not likely to find one of those who isn't a Christ follower. Because, you know, all other world religions promote, you know, you becoming the best of you can be, all that you can be. And and Jesus, is, it's all about him and not about us. I mean, it's about us becoming nothing and becoming all about him. And, and that drives becoming a servant leader. Uh, you know, Jesus on his last day on earth before he got crucified, you know, he, he took off his robe and put, wrapped his towel around his waist and he went and he washed the feet of every one of his disciples. And why did he do that, Janine? Because of his desire to serve and his desire to love and his compassion for others. And he said to those disciples, the greatest among you must become the least among you. Those that serve are the ones that are going to be the true leaders. And that's what he demonstrated. He showed us here on earth that no matter what he did, he always put others before him. He always, he fed people before he got fed. He healed people when he needed to rest. He, he was always putting others first. And, and that's the example that we need to follow. All right. So I, I want to ask you I, I, another section of your book, and I really want to highlight. I love this idea. And I've, and I've used this already before I got your book, but now I really like it. All right. You challenge that that transformational servant leader to identify five. This is on page 84 of your book to identify five individuals who have a sense of proximity to their leadership on a regular basis. These would be individuals who have observed and experienced the leadership uh, in a number of circumstances over time. And then you challenge them to basically do let their employees do a 360 review on on this transformational servant leader, really giving them honest feedback. Where'd you come up with that idea? I mean, because how many leaders really care what their employees think? Well, I think this really connects into your last point, Jim, where the transformational servant leader, just like Jesus, is one that can get beyond their own self-centeredness. Let's face it. I mean, it's part of human nature to be self-centered. And unfortunately, society in society, we've gotten so used to choosing leaders who are boisterous and charismatic and self-centered. Well, that type of exercises, exercise challenges leaders to consider looking at those leaders who are willing to give them feedback and, and, and that the leader is willing to take feedback. So when, when we take feedback from others, it helps us to get beyond our own self-centeredness. When I take feedback from others, I have to look at others' perspective. I have to consider what they're saying. And so that helps me to get beyond my own perspective and my own selfish thinking. And so that type of exercise of taking feedback from others is what really helps a, a transformational servant leader to develop beyond their own self-centeredness. Does that help? Yeah, it absolutely helps. Okay, so for, we have some of our audience that may have just picked us up at uh, the bottom of the hour. Who was the number one all-time winning, Emmy Award winning, Golden Globe winning, and all of those winning transformational servant leaders? Who was the number one transformational servant leader ever to step foot on this planet? Our Lord Jesus Christ modeled, to that, modeled that to us exceptionally well. And, and how, why do you say that? What did, he, what did he do that was so different than the leaders of his time? Oh, he's absolutely amazing when we study him, how when he meets an individual or he meets a crowd... You will notice that Jesus, 
he never starts with the same thing every time. It's like Jesus really considered who he was, who God is, and who that person or group in front of him was about and what they needed. And so Jesus adjusted himself. Sometimes he would preach to the crowd, and then he would heal, and then he might feed them. Sometimes he would start and feed them, and then he might heal and preach. And so Jesus got beyond his own needs because he knew God was taking care of him, and he was able to read the individual, read the crowd, and then meet them where they were at. It's an incredible modeling of non-selfish leadership that we see in Jesus Christ, and it's the kind of leadership we need today. It is. And, and what's really good is it's really easy to pick up a copy of the book that was written about him. It's called the Bible. And the first four books of the Old, New Testament, as it's called within the Bible, are four books about Jesus and his transformational servant leadership that changed our world. We actually redid our calendar. We have cities named after guys that followed him. We, we have churches today that wouldn't be here if not for Jesus Christ. Me, I am a new creation because of how incredible uh, it, my relationship with him is and, and the work that he's done in my life. I am a new person. I mean, it's it just... It's unbelievable when the the you know our world today says oh you can't say the way Jesus we could talk about God but you know don't mention Jesus he's too uh, polarizing and that's because Jesus was the real deal and and people like to deny that he even existed because he was um he was a polarizing figure and you couldn't just say well I'm gonna I, I love Jesus and I love myself because that doesn't work so mm -hmm. I mean he made it impossible for people to say he was a good guy. He was either who he said he is, or he was a complete liar. And he made it very clear that he was the son of God. And, and Jim, may I add to that? Too? Absolutely. Well, I would like to say to our listening audience that truly, and I say this, uh, you know, out of the honesty of my heart, that I, I would not have a doctoral degree. I would not have written a book. I would not be doing the kind of work I'm doing if it, if it wasn't for Jesus Christ. When Jesus came into my life, that's when I really finally started to get a hold of who I was and what I was supposed to be doing in life. And God has done that in my life. I, I couldn't have done that. I never would have thought about doing these things, honestly. Well, I certainly wouldn't have a radio show without Jesus either. Uh, that is for absolute sure. Okay, so <laughs> can a person be trained to be a transformational servant leader? Yes, I am in training to be a transformational servant leader. Okay, that was a good answer. All right, so what does that process look like? I was looking for more than that. Okay, so yeah, okay, so we can be trained, and that's really just becoming more like Christ, but what does that process look like? Well, we have to consider that anytime we want to grow, we need to always have some new input. So in other words, we need to read, we need to talk to people, we need to listen, we need to study, uh, watch watch movies that help us grow. I mean, we need inputs to become a transformational service leader. And so we need to consider those inputs that we're putting in our life to become that. All right. So we're talking about your book. It was a great book. I didn't figure you were going to do a movie. That's why I love having that little music ditty in there. You know, read the book. Don't wait for the movie. And there's probably not a uh, cheat sheet uh, book out there. What do we call them? A cliff notes. There's probably not cliff notes out there on it either. Or, or is there? No, no cliff notes. It would be pretty tough to find cliff notes on this one. You yeah. have to really engage with it. Yeah, I think so. I think you really do. Okay, so we've been talking about transformational servant leadership, and we ended the last segment talking about how Jesus Christ was the most transformational leader 
that ever stepped foot on the planet Earth. And you were talking about you know what he did to demonstrate that. Just give me a couple of the features of, of his leadership style that transformed the people that he led. Well, I think in Jesus we see Jesus as a man and who was very open to God's will in his life. He, he stepped back, he stopped, he listened to God first and foremost. He took the time he needed to do that. He also took time to listen and care for other people. So he was taking God's perspective into account as he was taking the community's perspective into account around him. And then Jesus had the humility to really consider what was going on with others and what they needed. But then Jesus also had the courage to do what was right. So even when people tell us what they need, sometimes God leads us to do things that maybe people don't say they need, but deep down inside they really need. And Jesus modeled the courage to do that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Jesus didn't just say, hey, how are you doing today? And people said, fine, he move on to the next one. He'd really see, well, he was God also, so he could see what was going on on the inside. I think what's most incredible is that you know, a lot of people say that Jesus was a religious guy. I'm like, no, the religious people hated Jesus. They were all about money, power, and control, and Jesus was screwing up their game because he made it all about relationship and about God's grace and mercy, and he was screwing up their deal because they had all these rules that kept people under control. So, uh, you know, Jesus' transformational servant leadership destroyed the religious model, and unfortunately, in our churches today, many of them have readopted that religious model. So, okay, so you 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 work in, you do leadership training and leadership talking and, and, and all the time. How do you use this book today to help uh, transform leaders to be servant leaders? Well, I do it. I, I, I do it in a humble way. I, I Sometimes I actually even forget about my book, but I know I'm always living it when I'm engaging in the organizations I work within. But, you know, it, it really depends on the setting. I will use it in the academic realm when I'm teaching, uh, when it pertains to a particular class, and I believe it's going to help a group of students. I will bring it up in um, an organizational setting when I think it's appropriate. It is, uh, it is a book about Jesus, but I'm also very cautious about that. So if I don't share the book, I will actually share the principles, but I'll just use language that is comfortable to that particular organization or group of leaders. And then when I'm in a ministry setting, I will invite pastors and ministry leaders to, to use the book or purchase the book, and um, I'll walk with them and coach them and consult with them through it. So you're out there. What's your ideal client? Who do you typically work with? Well, generally, I'm really looking for a client that is led to me, and I am led to that client. So even when it's a secular client, I am looking for what is God wanting to do between this connection between us. I'm watching for that. And I even find that shows up when I'm working with a secular client. The other piece I'm looking for is that the client is open. Because what I have found is when God calls me to work with a client and he calls them to work with me, he's about change. I have seen this each and every time that God has had me work with a client, that he brings about his transformational change. And so I'm looking for that client who is open to what God is going to do, even if they don't necessarily believe in God. I can still see somewhat of an openness in their hearts or the heart of the organization, and that's where I want to be working because then I know I can have impact. I don't want to see a client pay for something and not get the benefit of impact. So I'm very careful about making sure that 
there's a God connection there, and there's an openness there. Well, Is that helpful? That's very, very helpful. I was going to highlight one other piece of your book as we go into the final segment of the show. You, you mentioned that a transformational servant leader should, should, be, should uh, demonstrate forgiveness and encourage forgiveness. And, and that's one of the things last week on the show, we talked about five ways to incorporate Christ in your workplace. And that was one of the things I said, you've got to admit when you're wrong and ask forgiveness. And that's just so powerful. All right. So one of the things that I ask my audience every week, Dr. Perolini, is, you know, are these questions, is this topic challenging people? Because as a whole, we're trying to transform Tampa Bay to have Christian business leaders who are Christ followers who are transforming their workplaces. And we've designed a program called Business His Way. It's a biblical mentoring process designed for you, the business leader, to learn how to follow our Lord in your workplace. It's brought to you by C12 Tampa Bay and I Work For Him. For more information on that business his way, contact me, Jim at IWorkForHim.com. That's Jim at IWorkForHim.com. Next week on the I Work For Him show, we're going to be talking with Mary Thompson and Heather Stone about CSI Corporate Cards program for making your payables at work, both in your for-profit and not-for-profit businesses, turn into a funding mechanism for kingdom impactful ministries. Make sure you tune in. This is an amazing, amazing program. All right, about my advertisers. These are people I trust, people you can trust. Please do business with them every day. These are people I do business with and refer business to all the time. Look for the links to their websites. Listen on my website, the iWorkForHim.com website. On the iWorkForHim website, you'll find all kinds of great resources, including the show schedule, the guest schedule, and all kinds of recommended resources for incorporating Christ in your workplace, including reading the Transformational Servant Leadership Book by Dr. Janine Perolini. If you'd like to get your message out to thousands of people here in Tampa Bay, I have one one-minute spot open between now and July. You can advertise on iWorkForHim. Contact me, Jim, at iWorkForHim.com. Dr. Perolini, thanks for being on the show today. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much, and I thank the listeners for tuning in as well. Yeah, let's hope they got something out of it. We're just, we prayed before the show that one person will walk away, at least one will walk away with the idea that they want to become that transformational servant leader in their organization. So thanks for writing the book, and thanks for taking time today from the frozen tundra to call down here to God's country in Florida. Thank you, Jim. My, right. my pleasure. All right. Please take time to like us on Facebook. Just search for I Work For Him. Thanks to Mike Miracle for running the controls and keeping me on time. All right. If you found today's show inspiring or challenging, could you let me know? Send me an email to jim at iworkforhim.com. That's jim at iworkforhim.com. You've been listening to the I Work For Him show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower. I own my own business. I don't know about you, Tampa Bay, and across the world, but I work for him. And you're afraid that your life's been wasted. So I hope if it's only